return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, thank you guys for coming out tonight. Amen. Amen. You know, the same spirit that was in this morning service is in tonight's service. Amen. Amen. Yeah. The same spirit that, that Peter felt emboldened after the Holy Spirit fell on them in the upper room to preach and save thousands is the yeah. same spirit that's here yeah. tonight. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Dave, for yeah. the opportunity to come up here and teach. Yeah. Amen. I just, you know, I just love being at services. I love being, no matter who's speaking, no matter where I'm at, even when we're on vacation, we try to make it to a Sunday service somewhere that we either know or we know that's a word church. Uh, And, you know, it's just fun to be in His presence, fun to be in the presence of believers. You know, and uh, one thing I love about this church is you can really, just right when you walk in the door, and and it it was that way for me when I came in in 2006, but you can feel the love. Yep. And uh, there's already been a couple people that have been here in the last two months, month, that uh, we've gotten emails and different things, just that the thing that they loved most was the love that they felt. People shaking their hands, people yeah. asking them how they're doing and yeah. where they're from and sure. really getting engaging. And it shows that we care. Yeah. Amen. It does. And you look everywhere where Jesus went and uh, he showed compassion everywhere yeah. that he went. He did. Yeah. You know, it, it, he never turned anybody away. Even the Samaritan woman didn't turn her away, you know, and she kept on persisting. She kept on, you know, wanting something from Jesus. Amen. And he gave it to her. He showed compassion on her. Amen. Amen. He saw her faith and how great her faith was. Right. And so it's just fun to be here with you guys today. We don't have to be, we're not persecuted for meeting in a church. You know, I always think about that when, whenever I get up to talk or whenever we're, doing a Bible study or anything, is that there's places all over the world that they can't do this. Yeah. Or they have to do it in secret. Yeah. And so I'm so thankful that we live in a country where we can do this still. Yes. Amen. Well, let's just pray. Yes. Father, we thank you that you're here tonight. Yes. Hallelujah. That your presence is here, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Even if we can't feel it, when we can't see it, we know you're here. Because it says in your word, where two or three are gathered together in your name, you are there in the midst. And so we thank you for being in our midst, Lord, for a group of people that, that didn't deserve salvation, that didn't deserve heaven. Lord, to be here with us is so special. So we thank you for a great night, Lord, that you speak through me to your people, Lord, that we can all receive something, some sort of revelation of what your word is saying to us, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. I titled this message, Wait for Your Isaac, and uh, I'll, I'll talk about a little bit about how we got our house, but the Lord really spoke this to me while we were looking for a house, yeah. and uh, let's just go to Genesis 16, 1 through 4. We'll kind of start here. It says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne to him no children, 
And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid, perhaps I shall obtain children by her. Now notice Sarai's first, you know, what she said. The Lord has restrained me from bearing children. And you can see her mindset was all wrong from the beginning. Because the Lord didn't, didn't, he wasn't punishing her. He wasn't, he wasn't, uh, it was his intention that she bear children. Amen. And she did. But she said, please go into my maid, perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham indeed, and Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. After Abram, Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had be conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. And so this is a, a really good example of when we don't wait on God. You know, when we, when we try to manufacture or fabricate something on our own. I mean, it happens all the time. You know, I, you know, every day it feels like, uh, you know, one of the things for my wife and I, we want to get our bills paid off. And so sometimes it feels like, so I have a bill spreadsheet and everything. I have what we're going to pay off first, second, and third. You know, I have it all planned out. And every, whenever I look at it, I'm like, okay, how can we do it quicker? How can we do it more quickly? (laughs) You know, how can I, you know, can I get another job? Can I do this? Can I do that? You know, what do we need to do? And, you know, the Lord kind of showed me, and he gave me a goal of debt-free by 2025 for our family. And I thought, amen. You know, because what it does is it takes pressure off our family right now to just try to pay our bills as quickly as we can, amen, and put ourselves in bad spots, right? And so the Lord, if we we listen, he's always going to be speaking to us, amen, so we can wait on him. We don't have to rush him, amen. He's never early and he's never late. He's always on time. Amen. But Sarah, Sarah and Abram were impatient with God. And so they had Ishmael. Genesis 18, uh, Genesis 18, 9 through 14. Says, then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? So this is the, the, the three guys that came to Abraham um, to tell him that he was going to bear a child of his own with Sarah. So he said, here in the tent, and he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life, and behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind them, and now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. And so, if you go back to the the last verses here, it says, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life, and behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. God's promises are yes and amen. 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 So whenever he's talking to you about his promises, it's never I may or I might come, but I will. Amen. So he says, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And we go to verse 12. It says, Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Surely I shall bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I'll return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Amen. And I love when God confirms things. Amen. So he said it once, and he said, said the exact same thing again. He said, I will come, return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. 
And it's so important, you know, when we're waiting on God, we might get a word that we think is from God, but waiting for a confirmation of that word is so important. Yep. Amen. Because because sometimes we'll get a word and maybe it's the right maybe it's the right word. Maybe God's saying, I want you to do this, yep. but maybe he hasn't given you a timing yet. Amen. So it's always good to get a confirmation. Amen. amen from God of what he has for you. Amen. What plans he has for your life. Amen. And so, again, you know, it's reading the word that's in prayer. That may be somebody that you don't know. I know, uh, you know, just as far as being an associate pastor at the church here, um, I had two or three people just within my time, uh, since I've been in Brookings, say, I see you as an associate pastor, not associate, but I see you as a pastor. What they said. Wasn't necessarily here, but... I was, it was conf- confirming what God had told me ten and a half years ago. Yeah, right. Ten and a half years ago, he called me to pastor. I mean, I had no intentions. I had no, I didn't want to pastor. I wasn't, that wasn't where I was focused. You know, I was working at Dactronics. And the Lord in a hotel, hotel room while I was on, uh, you know, on uh, company business said to me, I want you to pastor. Yeah. And, you know, my dad was a pastor and my grandfather was a pastor. And so, you know, it seems like, oh, well, we knew you were going to be a pastor, you know. You know, it's easier for people that maybe don't know me to say that, but um, I had no desire. And my dad really didn't have a desire for me to. He didn't, he never pushed me into it, you know, because he knew how hard it was. He knew the the difficulties of pastoring. And so I heard the word of the Lord and, um, you know, and and right away I was like, okay, well, I got to go to Ramah now because my dad went to Ramah, right? And uh, the Lord just kind of kept, you know, through different things, just showing me that, well, you don't necessarily have to go to Raymond just because your dad went. Amen. So he called me to pastor. I know that. But here I was trying to come up with things on my own. Amen. So he called me to pastor. He didn't tell me when. Right. And so, but after that, I got confirmation two or three times that I see you as a pastor. And uh, I don't know what people meant by that, really, just because I don't know what you look for in a, you know, I don't know what they saw in me to be a pastor, right? But I know that they were, they were sent, you know, by God, and it was an appointed meeting, right. amen, that, so that he could confirm in my heart what his word was for me. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And then if we drop down to Genesis 21, uh, 1 through 3. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. Amen. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. And then if you go to Genesis 21.9, And Sarah saw that the son of Hagar, uh, the Egyptian, whom she had bore to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son for the son of the bond. And I, in, my, in my notes, it says that this word scoffing actually means laughing. And so I thought, how, <clears throat> excuse me, how hypocritical for Sarah, who laughed at the thought of bearing, another, bearing a child, to all of a sudden want to cast out Ishmael and his mom for laughing. I thought that was really amazing. But it says, cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. 
and the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. Verse 12 says, But God said to Abraham, Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. For in Isaac your seed shall be called. Amen. I'm going to make a covenant with Isaac. Yet also I will make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because he is your seed. Amen. So sometimes, yeah, we might miss it. Sometimes we might rush God. Or we might do something that isn't quite in the cards. Isn't what exactly his will or his plan is for our life. Amen. But he's going to bless it anyways. Amen. Amen. And so sometimes we do miss it. Sometimes we know. Sometimes we, we do something, we make a choice, and we, we know, like, I made a mistake. Yeah. You know, I, I rushed God or I did something. But just know that God is going to bless whatever situation that you're in. Mm-hmm. Amen. He doesn't, he's, you know, if you look at this, he didn't make Abraham um, conceive Ishmael. Right. That wasn't in his plan, right? right? He didn't, it wasn't commissioned by God. Yep. Amen. But what? He said, I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because yep. he is your seed. Yep. I mean, God turns all things together for good. Yep. You know, no matter what we might mess up or what circumstances we go to, God turns all things together for good for those who love him and those that are called according to his purpose. Yep. Amen. And so if we've made a decision to follow Christ, we've been called. Yep. Amen. The Bible says many are called, amen, those that love Jesus are called, but few are chosen, amen. If we continue to, to hold fast to what God has for us, if we can continue to walk in what Jesus has for our life, amen, he's going to choose us, yeah. amen, to work, to follow the plan, to work out um, things in your community, in your job, with your friends, yeah. amen. amen. But he says, for in Isaac your seed shall be called. Amen. So even if you have an Ishmael, even if you even if you go down an Ishmael road, God still has an Isaac for you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I mean, he hasn't given up on you. He's not said, "Well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave you with your Ishmael situation, and I'm just gonna bless." No, he has an Isaac for you. Amen. Amen. We're never too old to have our Isaac. Yeah. Amen. God only wants the best for you. Right. So if you do choose an Ishmael, he will help you make the best out of it. Amen. But he wants you to be patient for your Isaac. Right. Amen. Amen. And really, this is what about being patient. You know, people make bad choices with finances, relationship, job opportunities, whatever, because they're impatient. It's yeah. easy. You, you want something so bad. And so it's easy to jump on something right away. Mm-hmm. Right. But when we're patient, amen, God can complete his perfect work in us. Right. Yeah. And following earthly desires oftentimes involves quick decisions. Amen. How many have made a quick decision, just kind of a split decision that you really didn't need to make? You know, sometimes you do. Sometimes just things happen. But sometimes you you have a you know you might have two or three months to think about something. You're like, nope, I want to do it now. Right. Mm -hmm. Following heavenly desires includes praying and seeking the Lord. And one thing I really found out is that you're not you're not wasting time by praying and seeking God. Sometimes it might seem like, well, I got to jump on this opportunity right now. I don't have time. I'll say a quick prayer, but I don't have time to. I don't have time to wait. Right. No, if it's if it's God's will for your life, Amen. Yeah. You will find a way. There will be a way made for you, That's right. Amen. To uh, to have what He has promised you, yep. Amen. So we don't have to worry about, yeah. you know, missing out on the opportunity if we're doing our due diligence, Amen. Yeah. That's praying and seeking the Lord. 
And Satan doesn't want, to pr- want you to pray about your decisions. No, he wants you to make this, the quick decision. He wants you to make a decision that, um, that isn't right. I mean, he doesn't want God's perfect will for your life. Amen? So it's easy to think, yeah, if I don't jump on this opportunity now and it's not going to come back around, or if I don't get this, this if I don't um, accept this uh, raise, or not raise, but um, promotion, nothing else is going to come back around. Amen? But if... But I tell you this, if you trust in the Lord and go to him in prayer, you won't miss out on the opportunities that God has for you. Amen. Amen. If you go to the Lord, you're not going to miss out. He's not going to say, oh, you, you spent too much time yeah. doing this. I'm going to yeah. go by it. You know, if you're, if you're doing it and your heart is right, amen, you're not going to miss out. Amen. amen. And so before we had bought our house last summer, we had been looking to buy a house for a couple of years already. And for the first two years, it was so stressful. <laughs> I mean, we were, we were thinking of everything we could do. I mean, either the house was way too expensive, like what we needed, but way too expensive, or it was in our price range, but really not what we needed, what we wanted, or it wasn't, wasn't good for us, you know. And uh, we had to manage our finances. We had to know what we could afford, and we wanted an interior and an exterior of the house that we bought to, that we liked. And we wanted a house that looked good, that was move-in ready, but then also could have, we could, we could make improvements to up the value of it. Mm-hmm. And so either, you know, there are houses that were beautiful, that were, you know, just out of our price range. <clears throat> and so Angela and I were like, well, you know, I can get another job. We, we, we can make this work, you know. We'll just, we'll just work 70 hours a week each. <laughs> and we can make this work. We can make the payments. And uh, somebody once told me that, you know, looking at a house, you want to make sure that you can afford the whole mortgage rather than just the payments monthly. Yeah. And so that helped guide my decisions yeah. as well. But we had a lot of options you know, that we looked at in the last two, in those two years. And either, yeah, either the option was too expensive but perfect for what we wanted, or it was in our price range but, you know, had, you know, like, I don't know. There was a basement one time. It was something out of, like, a horror film. <laughs> it was, and I kept on telling Angela, and I was like, it's not that bad. You know, we can, you know, we can, we can make it work. And, uh, and she came up. She's like, nope, we're not doing this. I'm like, well, you know, we could, somebody could come in. I'm sure we can put some drapes here. And, you know, um, you know but, but either, either it was too expensive or it just wasn't livable. You know, a lot of the houses that we were looking at were, were rented in the past, mostly by college students. George, I know you're good and you wouldn't do this to a house. But they just weren't, you know, there was a smell coming from somewhere or, you know, something. And, uh, and so we really had to trust in God to, you know, to, to tell us which one was the right one. Right. And there was a time where we were just, we didn't think that um, there was any hope because none of the houses that were in our price range were good, you know. And so that's tough, you know, when you, when you, you have a family you have four kids and you want to you want to buy a house. Yeah. It's tough to 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 know that okay, that's not going to work and that's not going to work and that's not going to work. Yeah. Right? Um, in fact, there was a house that was that was just inside our price range. Um, and it was nice. It was moving ready, it had the rooms. And uh, but at the time, so I met with Janine Cogarty. And at the time, we, we met, and we were like, well, we can put an offer on the house. You know, the payments are going to be really high. 
um, you know, we'd have to get another job, whatever. And I was actually in the room with Janine, figuring out what to offer. And I said, I said out loud, this is too stressful. I can't, I just, this isn't what God has for us. It's just, it can't be because this, it's way too hard, you know. And I, knew, I know that sometimes, you know, as we wait on the Lord, there are going to be difficulties that come. And there are going to be, you know, situations, stressful situations that come. Amen. But, you know, you can kind of discern as you, as you wait on the Lord and as you, in, in prayer and in the word, you can discern if something's supposed to be easy <laughs> or if something, if you know you're going to go through some challenges, you know, if Satan's going to try to attack what God is trying to give you. And so in this case, I just knew that it wasn't supposed to be this hard. Right. And, uh, you know, we had, we had bought in, uh, our trailer, and that, w- that went really smoothly. Everything, I was like, this can't be, this can't be what God has for us. Yeah. And, you know, kind of off of that, a little bit of a rabbit trail, is I believe that God wants us to be happy. Amen. Amen. And so when I say, wait for your, you know, we wait for our Isaac, there might be, a lot of different things or options out there yeah. that God is like, yeah, that'd be great. Or, yeah, that'd be great. Or, yeah, that'd be great. You know, because it says he gives us the desires of our hearts. Yep. Amen. And so if we desire this, amen, and it's godly and it's, it's, it's for his glory, mm-hmm. he's going to pull for us to get that. Yeah. But if we have two options and both of them are good and, you know, we pray about it and we desire this one instead and not this one, I mean, God's still going to pull for us because that's our desire. Amen. As long as it's godly, as long as we're doing it for his glory. Amen. It's not just, I don't believe that, that there's just the, there was the perfect house out there for us. I believe that there was a house that, that we could put work into and we could enjoy as a family. And that was good for us. Amen. And God honored that. Amen. And so, You think, you know, when, when the house is out of your price range or is, is unlivable, you think that those decisions would be easy just to let it go, but they weren't. <laughs> Amen. We, we really struggled sometimes with, well, we really want this. How can we make it work? And we really struggled because we just, we wanted it now. That, that commercial that way back, it's my money and I want it now. Right. Remember that? Um, and we wanted a house now. And so... You know, anytime a house was too expensive, we were thinking, well, we could just both pick up another job. I could have a fourth job. That's fine. You know, or if the house is in poor condition, we'd lie to ourselves and say, it's not that bad. Right. You know, um, it would just take a couple of years to fix up or whatever. You know, whenever we saw a house for sale in our price range, we would try to see it before anyone else so that we wouldn't miss out on the opportunity. And this is where, you know, this is really when the Lord started dealing with me about what are we, what are we doing? Why, you know, what, what is our purpose? Are we really relying on God or are we relying on ourselves? Because right. we were thinking, anytime a house came up, I mean, we were looking in the pages every day. I, I mean, Janine got so many phone calls from me. Hey, is there anything new? You know, is there anything new that popped up in our price range? And, uh, and once something did, we would try to be the first ones to see it. And then, you know, like that afternoon, we'd be like, all right, we got to meet with our mortgage lender and we're going to make an offer today too. And, we just really were pushing so hard, you know, um, so we wouldn't miss this opportunity. Amen. Even if it was inconvenient for us in that day or time. So sometimes, you know, I would tell my boss, hey, can I 
get like an hour out, you know, can I take off at four instead of five? We really want to look at this house. And, and so, you know, it was inconvenient. We felt pushed. It was just, it was amazing. And so, you know, we felt we had to see a house in the morning, make the offer in the afternoon, and, uh, you know, and sell our house at night. You know, it was, it was kind of one of those, those feelings. We had no peace. We had no faith. And we had no patience in our situation. And uh, we weren't seeking God. We were just kind of out there. You know, we were saying, well, God will, God will bring something along for us. But we weren't really seeking God. You know, we, yeah. we thought we were. We thought we were giving it to the Lord, but we really weren't. And we were trying to make it work according to what we knew and not according to what he knew. Amen. But the Lord said something to me one time. We were looking at a less than adequate house. And it was really profound to me. And it changed my heart towards not just decision making on that, but my decision making from then on. Um, and this was, this was uh, early. It must have been like March of last year. But he said, don't settle for Ishmael while I'm preparing Isaac. And, and I thought, wow, yeah, we, we're settling. We're trying to get an Ishmael. We're trying to do it on our own. And, but he said, don't settle for Ishmael while I'm preparing Isaac. And he was saying, don't settle for anything short of what I promised you. You know, see, we wanted to buy a house so bad we were getting impatient with God. And you don't want to be impatient with God. That's not a good place to be. Amen. But he is a forgiving God. And when he told me that, it was like, yeah. And I think I told Angeline, I think Janine was in there with us too. We we're looking at the house. And I said, I yeah, I just yeah, we can make this work. And it was probably one of the better houses that we had looked at that was in our price range. And I said we were like, Yeah, we can make this work, but we don't want to settle for a house that we're not gonna be happy in. Right? Yeah. And I remember that everything changed once we got that revelation. Yep. We we're no longer trying to see houses when it didn't fit our schedule. We weren't thinking about how many jobs we needed to make house payments. <laughs> I mean, we are no longer considering houses that didn't meet the requirements for our family. For kids, you need, yeah. you need adequate living you know, uh, bedrooms and, and space. And we were living in a, a three-bedroom uh, trailer with um, our four kids and uh, my mother-in-law. And so what we had wasn't sufficient either. But we just kept on, okay, we're not going to rush it. We're going to... God, you know, we have, there's something that's coming. Yeah. There is something that's coming. We know it. Yeah. And uh, even that summer, I just thought, you know, the Lord spoke to Angela and both and I and said, um, and just really just impressed on us that, that we would have a house by the end of the summer. Yeah. All right. Well, we don't, there's nothing on the market yet that's in our price range. But God, we're going to trust you. Amen. We're going to trust you. Yeah. And so... Uh, I have here, sometimes we try to control our situation so much that God is unable to move in our, in our life. Not that he doesn't want to, but sometimes we, we, we try to control it so much that he can't move. He is unable to move in our life. Yeah. And that's what we were doing. We weren't letting God move. Yeah. And so I'm just going to show you the timeline because this was just amazing. When, I, when, when we let God just, just work in our lives and we said, we're not going to worry about seeing it first or making an offer first or whatever. Timeline of our house, <clears throat> Tuesday, April 10th, which is Tuesday of pastor's conference. So had the day off already, uh, got a call from Janine. Hey, there's a house that's about to go on the market. Um, do you want to look at it? And you're like, yeah, we have time this afternoon. And, you know, the kids were in school. We had time. We didn't, we didn't try to force 
you know, but we had time. It just happened that we had that, we already had that afternoon off, which is amazing. Um, heard the house was available, um, looked at it during an afternoon break. We didn't have to change our schedule. Amen. Thursday, April 12th, two days later, met with our mortgage lender. Now, at first, I was like, well, we got to meet with him right, right away, right on Tuesday. We got to meet with this guy, try to get an out, you know, see what we can do. And didn't work. And I said, all right, well, when's the next available time? Thursday at 5.30, which is after I got off work. All right, that's perfect. That works for us, you know. Again, didn't have to right. shift schedules, didn't have to do anything. Yeah. Initially wanted to meet sooner, but it didn't fit our schedule. In the past, I would have tried to rearrange to fit it in. You know, I would have tried to, I would have pushed, well, yeah, 9.30 p.m. works for me. That's, you know, we'll put the kids to bed quick, and that'll be fine. Yeah. Amen. And the Lord really told us through this whole process that as long as we did our due diligence but didn't try to rush things, we would get this house. Mm-hmm. Or we would get the house that we wanted. And we wanted this one. This was, it's the house we live in now. It's, it's on 22nd Street. Um, live in, it was move-in ready, but there was a lot of work that can be done to improve it, improve the value. We were confident we would get the house, but we weren't going to be disappointed if it fell through for reasons beyond our control. And sometimes there are things that are beyond our control that we just, they just happen. But we said, we said, we're going to do our due diligence. We're not going to be sluggish. We're not going to slack on, you know, getting paperwork in and different things like that. We're going to do our due diligence, but if it falls through, that's okay because God does have something out there for us. Friday, April 13th, one day after we met with our mortgage lender, we put an offer on the house, which was accepted right away. So we saw the house on Tuesday, April 10th. By Friday, we had already put an offer in effortlessly. I mean, we didn't have to. We didn't stress about it one bit. Yeah. Put an offer in. They accepted it right away. We thought at first, you know, we were, we were talking with Janine. She was like, I, I don't know if that's, you know, that seems a little low or, you know, whatever we had offered. Like, no, I think that's, that sounds, that feels right to us. Yeah. We have peace about this number. Yeah, accepted it right away. Monday, April 16th, so now only six days after we looked at the house, uh, we put our trailer on the market. Went up, it was on the Century 21 website and everything. Wednesday, April 18th, had an inspection at our new house, and everything was fine. Everything, there was nothing that needed to be, there were some things that he he suggested that we do, but nothing that was, oh yeah, you can't move in until this happens. There was nothing like that. Thursday, April 19th, so this is only three days after we put our house on the market, someone offered on our trailer. Someone looked at it, offered on our trailer, made a counter offer. Now this sometimes can, you know, we already, we've already been offered. You know, so a lot of times somebody offers you, you just take it. There's no questions asked, you just take it. But we've kind of talked about it and we're like, that just doesn't, you know, we just, we feel like we can get a better deal. Yeah. And, uh. You know, and people are like, ah, you should just take it. You know, you should. You're like, well, this is what, this is what we were thinking. Right. And so made the offer, they accept it. You know, so, and they could pay with cash. <laughs> so it took all of that out of the, you know, there was nothing there. They didn't, they didn't want to do an inspection on it. They just wanted to move in. Right. Like, yeah, great. Well, we can do that, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and so 
another thing that was amazing, so the timing, you know, everything so far had moved really fast. You know, April 10th to April 19th, we looked at a house and, and they accepted our offer and we got an offer accepted on ours. Um, and what was amazing was the, the agent that was working with the person that was going to buy our trailer is the same agent that was working with the person that we were buying the house from. The same exact person. Not just the agency, the same exact person. And so as far as moving in and moving out, all we had to do was sit back. We had, just had to wait so that he could talk to both of his clients and say, okay, when is a good day that works for both of you? So it was really amazing because, you know, usually there's a little bit of a lag time. Maybe you have to stay in a hotel for a little bit or something. And, uh, but no, I mean, it was, and they were like, okay, how about in three weeks? And both said, yeah, it works for us. So here, now I'm three weeks, you know, and, you know, then when you actually move, that's a little stressful. But up until this point, there was nothing but peace. And we didn't have to exert any more energy than we, than, you know, than we uh, thought we should, yeah. you know. And I'm not saying everything's going to go like this, but this is just, you know, really God showing me, hey, I'm here for you. We got the appraisal back faster than our mortgage lender had ever seen before. Usually you have to do like a rush on an appraisal and it costs extra money. Actually got approved before the rush time would have gotten approved. We didn't have to pay any extra money for a rush. Wednesday, May 9th, we moved in. One month after we saw the house, we moved in. And I looked back and, you know, it's just, it was so surreal. You know, once I once we let God just, God, I'm not going to try to control this. Right. I'm going to let you do it. And the other thing was um, we had, you know, our mortgage lender was really great because he really, he estimated everything conservatively. So, he, you know, he was never, we were never, he was always going off the high end. Yeah. Well, taxes came back like way cheaper than what he thought. Yeah. So our, you know, all the payments and everything were a little cheaper too. Now, in this case, God really worked quickly. Once we let once we let let go of it and let him work, yeah. Amen. If you try to control it, makes it harder for God to move in your life. Yeah. Amen. I'm not saying that not everything's going to be this easy, because it's not. There's been things, you know, that that we've waited for, um, that we still haven't seen, or that you know, like I said, our 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 debt. You know, we you know, yeah. If I could snap my fingers and it was gone, that'd be great. But that's going to be that's going to take a process. That's going to take time. I mean, there's things that maybe you're waiting for that God has promised you that's going to take time. Yeah. Amen. But the answer is coming because his promises are yes and amen. Yeah. Amen. And so if, if that's what you desire and it's, it's godly and it's for his glory, it's going to happen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And uh, let's go to Psalm 37, 7 through 9. It says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Amen. So it says, do not worry or do not fret, it only causes harm. Mm -hmm. Bible says, how many of you by worrying can add one cubit to your stature? Amen. So when when we start to worry about a situation, the only thing it can do is cause us harm. And cause our situation harm. Yeah. Because Satan is, you know, he's the author of fear and anxiety and worry. Amen? 
So all Satan wants to do is cause us harm. Amen. The person who waits patiently for the Lord has nothing to fear or nothing to be envious about. So you might see, you know, maybe, um, you know, maybe there's somebody that you know that's that's sick or doesn't, you know, um, you know, maybe doesn't know the Lord or you're, you're praying for their salvation, yeah. and you see all these people around you, their families coming to Jesus. And, you know, living up, living for the Lord or being cured of diseases or sicknesses or whatever. Amen. And, you know, I'm not saying that either that, that you know, God is going to elongate a sickness or elongate something like that. I mean, that's Satan that does that. But if we, if we hold fast to the Lord and we, just, and we just stand in faith, we're not going to be envious of other people's situations. Right? Um, during the early part of when we were looking for houses, we, you know, we saw, we'd see these houses and we're like, we just want to move. Can we just, let's just move into this one. You know, we really, we really want this one. And we never got jealous or envious necessarily, but it was like, well, you know, why does this person get to move into a house and we're still, you know, whatever, or, or, uh, you know, you start comparing yourself to other people and finances and everything. You know, but if we if we wait on the Lord, we're not going to be envious. Yep. Amen. Yeah, right. We're not going to have anything to fear. Yeah, that's right. Just like I said, that I thought we had the fear, this big fear that if we didn't jump on it right away, we weren't going to get it. Right. Nothing to fear. Amen. Yeah. Luke eight fifteen says, "But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who have heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience." Amen. I mean, fruit isn't just bared all at once. You know, you, it takes time, right? You have to you have to till the ground, you gotta plant the seeds, amen. Yep. You gotta water it and let it grow. Wait for it to grow and wait for the right time to harvest it. Amen. I mean, you're not just gonna harvest it um, at, a, at an off season, or else you're not gonna get the full potential out of the fruit that you that you plant, right? Mm-hmm. Out of the seeds that you plant. No, but you wait, you nurture it. You know, a, a farmer has faith that his crop is going to produce at the right time. Amen. So we have to have faith that, that Jesus, amen, is going to uh, do a work in us and, and his promises, amen, are going to come bear fruit in our life um, even if we struggle during the whole process, even if we, we have a hard time grasping it. We just have to believe, amen, yeah. faith, amen. 2 Corinthians 12, 12. <clears throat> Truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Amen. So we have to work, again, we have to wait with perseverance. Amen. The signs of the apostles were accomplished among you with all perseverance. Amen. If you want to see God move in your life and you want to see signs and wonders and miracles done in your life, it's going to take time. Amen. Being in the words, being around people that have, have seen that, being around people that have that anointing, amen. Who was it that uh, prayed for like 100 blind people before one received their sight? Heidi Baker. Heidi Baker. Yeah. Prayed for 100 blind people. Just kept praying. Well, I just, you know, I just, I believe your word, receive your sight. Nothing happened. Number two, I believe your word, receive your sight. Nothing happened. 100 people. What if she would have stopped at 99? And now the healing ministry that she has. Amen. Amen. So don't give up on the promises God has for you. She knew she had a calling. She knew she had an anointing to, 
to, to, for God to heal through her. Yep. Amen. And she just kept on doing it. Didn't get deterred. That's right. Amen. Accomplished among you with all perseverance and signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap and we do not lose heart. It's easy to get weary as we go through life. Amen. You know, when I go to the jail, I always say, uh, you know, life, you know, as Christians, you know, we're, the Bible prophesies, you know, Jesus tells us that we will be persecuted for his sake, right? Mm-hmm. But life with Jesus is so much easier than life without Jesus. Amen. And so I tell that to people at the jail all the time. Life with Jesus, you know, it can still be hard, but it's so much easier than without Jesus. Right. Amen. Give your life to Jesus, and, and you'll at least have peace. Amen. You might be going through storms, you might be doing things, but you're going to have peace. Amen? That's right. yeah. The Bible tells us to grow weary and not to grow weary in doing good. No matter what life throws at you, keep doing good. Amen? Yep. As you wait for the promises of God, don't get bitter. Just keep doing good. Keep being nice to people. Keep loving people. Amen? James 5.10 says, My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed to endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord. The Lord has an end intended for all of you, for all of us. Amen. Amen. Whatever, Satan's going to throw things at you. Say, you know, just think of what Job went through in his life. But it says, seen the intended end. Amen. God has an intended end for us. Amen? And it's a good one. The devil's going to try to tell us that things won't get better. But Jesus only intends good for us. Amen? A couple more scriptures here. 2 Thessalonians 1, 3-4. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of, of every one of you all abounds towards each other. So that we ourselves boast for, of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. Amen. So it says that love of each one of you um, all abounds towards each other. And then it says that we ourselves boast among you in the churches of God for your patience and faith. So even, even all that they've endured, their love never was broken with each other. Amen. And so, so as we are waiting, again... Love, love people. Yep. You know, uh, be a light at your job. Be a light uh, in your sphere of influence. Amen. Yeah. Ephesians four two. With all loneliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in the lo- in love. Amen. This might go for this might go for couples. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes you know we, we have to be long suffering towards our spouse or long suffering towards our kids. Amen. But bearing with one another in love. Amen. When you're going through something, those who are married here, when you're going through something, the most powerful person that you can be in, in a good relationship with is your spouse. Amen. Amen. In agreement with is your spouse. That's right. You might be going through something, and you know it's easy to be you want to be independent or self-sufficient and say, oh, I can deal with this. You know, I, I can do it. Everybody needs a needs a somebody that they can rely on. Yep. Amen. We can rely on God, but it's so nice to have somebody that you can rely on here in, on earth. Yeah. You know, and for married couples, it's our spouse. Yep. Amen. Uh, nobody else should know 
our, you know, the intimate parts of our life or the things that we're going through as much as our spouse does. Amen. Amen. And really not at all. I mean, you know, what the bond that you share with your spouse is a sacred one. And so always go to your spouse before you go to your buddies or before you go to your, your, your girlfriends or whatever. Always go to your spouse. I think that's so important. Mm. Walking worthy of the calling that God has for us is being long-suffering, patient with people, and loving people to the end. Mm-hmm. Amen? Genesis twenty nine twenty. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. Think of that. Seven years, but they only seemed like a few days <laughs> because of the love he had. When we have a God kind of love for people, we might be in a situation. I was in a work situation for two years that was absolutely horrible. In my in my mind, and uh, and it did not seem like a couple of days, <laughs> but when we have the the God kind of love in us and we can love people unconditionally, yeah. it's not going to be as bad as we make it out to be in our mind, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Amen. For some things, if our heart is right, it doesn't feel like waiting. Yep. I mean, it feels like kind of some can enjoy the ride, you know, like with the house. Once we once we let it go. We just kind of enjoyed the ride and let God do it. Amen. Yeah. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Yeah. I mean, again, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication. Yeah. Amen. Prayer, in, in another version says petition. By prayer and petition. Yeah. Well, praying and, and petitioning isn't just going to happen automatically. I mean, some, a lot of times petitioning takes a long time. You petition, you know, the Bible says, ask and keep on asking of God. Right. Amen. Not just asking once, but keep on asking. Yeah. Amen. Prayer and petition isn't just a quick prayer and a, and a please, God, please do this for me. That's not a petition. Yeah. When you really petition, it may take a while. Think of a petition that people sign. You know, if there's something, some law that you know, they want or something they want to go around the community, that people sign a petition, right? You know, you know, if we can get so many signatures, we'll bring this to the governor, we'll bring this to whoever. Yeah. Amen. But not everybody usually signs in that first day. I mean, it takes work, it takes effort, going around. Yeah. Hey, will you sign my petition? Yeah. I mean, it's a process. That's right. And there are times that we're holding on to a promise up until, you know, if look at Hebrews 11:13 quick. And I'll close with these two verses. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims of the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. There are times that we're holding on to a promises up until we die. There are going to be, there are going to be things that you want to do. Because, why is that? Because... He's never commissioned us not to teach and not to make disciples. There's always going to be, up until we die, there's always going to be something else that, yeah. that we're holding on to. Amen? Because, yeah, that we're believing for. Amen? And so, you know, but not all the promises that God has for us are, are for necessarily just us. Yeah. Amen? Sometimes it's for our children. Maybe he, he's given us a promise. Think of, think of David. He didn't end up building the temple. Right. It was his son that built the temple. But God had given him a promise and said, well, you're not going to be doing it. Your son's going to be doing it. Right? So David didn't see it come to fruition. 
but the promise lived on through David into his son. Yeah. Amen. Sometimes it's for our children, or it's for our, if it's for a job, maybe it's for our successor. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Maybe there's a, a something that you really wanted to get done in your job, and you thought you were going to be the one to do it, but it just didn't happen, and you left. Well, now you built a pave, you know, you paved the way. Because I think David even purchased a lot of the things that needed to be done, yeah. and kind of laid the groundwork yeah. for his son. So we can be, you know, even if we don't see the promise, amen, in our lifetime, yeah. we can lay a good foundation for whoever is going to see That's it. Right. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen. amen? Amen. And then last verse, uh, Hebrews 6, 10 through 12. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you shows the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you not do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Right. Amen. So when you look around, when you're, when you're believing for something, read the word. There's so many promises that God has for his people in different stories, the Old Testament and the New, that people just hold on. Hold on to the inheritance. Hold on to the promises. Amen. And really, you know, his ultimate promise to us, if we believe in him, is eternal life with Jesus. Amen. So that ultimate promise is going to come to pass yeah. if you're a believer. Amen? Yeah. Whatever promises you know God has given you, don't sell yourself short. Pray about your decision. Let God give you peace and wait for your Isaac. Mm. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Well, Lord, we just thank you. thank you. We thank you for the promises that you do have for us, Lord. Yes, sir. We thank you that we can uh, wait expectingly for those, yes. that we can have a hope in them, Lord, yes, and that you love us so much. That, that you've given those to us, Lord. That we, it's no longer a privilege to be an heir, but a right. And we just thank you for that so much. Pray for a great week for everybody here, that you bless them in their relationships, in their finances, at their jobs, Lord. That they have divine appointments with people so they can witness and be a good minister and a light to those around them, Lord. And we just declare peace in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.